Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. <laughs> How you doing, Todd? Good. How you doing, Jeremy? Oh, I'm doing great. Super good. Well, Start to, to warm up to, here a little bit. I said, oh, I was just going to say, yep, we both survived uh, another week, and here we are on Friday doing another show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You betcha. Yeah, we started this week off. We had uh, we went skiing. It was our last day. This is a weird time of year because it's nice here. Like I don't know, we're we're getting to like to the low teens on the centigrade scale. I don't know does that that is Fahrenheit, maybe fifties. I don't know, but we went up to the mountains to Nakiska. Went skiing, and the night before they had like six inches of fresh powder. And it was the best skiing we've had all year. It's probably some of the, in the top five best ski days I've had. Like, you know, we were there in decent time. And so the runs hardly, you know, oh, it's just incredible. And it's right about freezing. And then the, uh, there's nobody there. Like even on a Monday, it's usually dead, like really dead compared to the weekends. Well, there's probably a quarter as many people. And I think there was one time we got 15 runs in. And on one of those, there's actually somebody getting on a lift in front of us. Most people were like three or four chairs ahead. So it just is like the best ski day I've ever had in my life. It's so good. And then came back and then the next day I rode my motorcycle. <laughs> it's such a weird time of year. Just, wow, it's crazy. But how's your week? Um, Yard work. It's that time of year. We get a oh, um, yeah. couple of days of rain and then three or four days of sun, a couple of days of rain. And it's this just massive grass growing cycle. Ugly. Oh wow. We're brown here still. Like like we're still waiting for the green to pop through. I think my front yard grows so fast. I by the time I'm done mowing it, I need to mow it again. Oh wow. Well, I know the first time we mowed it a week and a half ago, and this is the truth. I mowed it at a two and a half, two and a quarter inch level, and I mowed it on a Wednesday. Thursday I needed to mow it again. I'm like are you serious? Yes. How long does it stay like that? Is that just in the spring? Yeah. Hmm. And then then it's about a once every week, week and a half after that, which is <clears throat> doable. But yeah, it grows so fast here in late April and May. It's just disgusting. That's crazy. It'd be great if I was growing pot, you know, if, <laughs> yeah. if that was legal and I had a, you know, the ability to do that. But we're thinking yeah. pretty soon uh, Kentucky and Tennessee is going to allow uh, agricultural marijuana. So basically you can grow yeah. it for sale other yeah. places. Uh, I may get into that because I don't like it, but I can grow a, a bunch of stuff. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I hate well, gardening like and farming, but apparently I'm really good at it. Ah. Because didn't New York legalize the use of uh, recreational marijuana? Yeah, a lot of people Recently? are doing, yeah, recreational yeah. marijuana, not medical, but recreational, which all medical marijuana is recreational, let's face it. Yeah. I know. That's so funny. A couple of people that 
use it for PTSD, and it really does help them. Mm-hmm. But if you talk to a actual scientist and psychologist about it, you should be doing, let's say, on a scale of one to a hundred, in any unit you can think of, maybe, oh, they should be doing, you know, 11 units a week, but they're getting like 70. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, once you surpass what you need, it's just recreational. Yeah. You know, that like that's something I'm so torn on because, you know, personally, I think who the who's going to tell me what I should do, right? And uh, uh, freedoms, but I've known people that have smoked marijuana, and uh, I'm, I may be one of the rare people. I have never touched the stuff. Uh, well, sorry, I've touched it. Uh, somebody broke into a, we had a rental vehicle because our van was getting an engine replaced. We had it parked on the driveway. We never locked the doors. And get in there the next day, and it smells like smoke. I'm like, this is weird. I didn't think these, like, dealer service cars, you're allowed to smoke in them. Anyways, we went to Banff for the day, blah, 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 and I was taking the car seats out. We went to return the car, and I found two joints in the door. And so some kids were just, like, walking down the street, wanted to smoke a joint, and like, well, we can't do it in the open. So they got inside of the car in our driveway in the middle of the night and started smoking a joint. So I grabbed these two things, was clean up. I was like, what the heck? Went to the room in the garbage, missed the garbage, and they fell behind my workbench. And so they stayed there for like two to three years until we moved out of the house. I'm like, oh, shoot, I got these two joints. And at this point, it was still illegal. This was before Canada legalized it. But I've known people that have smoked weed, and they have been some of the brightest tradespeople. Because I've mostly worked with tradespeople. Like, very, very intelligent. But I can tell when they're at work, I can tell when they're smoking weed at home because their energy levels and their ambition completely fall off like just boom done like they'll be like go get her okay we're working hard it's like okay I grab my tools let's go to this rig let's grab this gearbox we got to put it onto this transmission mount the pumps blah 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 and then you know the next day they're like ah yeah yeah let's, I'm just gonna go grab a coffee and they grab a coffee and they come over and you know they get to the rig I'm like where's your tools oh right forgot my tools and like it's just night and day difference and so <laughs> the one hand I, I think Marijuana, it's so stupid. And I've I've never met somebody that I've been more impressed with them as a person when they're smoking pot. I mean, they will term a pothead. I believe that. I, I believe it. I don't know. I think it makes you less of who you, it takes your potential away. That's my opinion. And then there's some people that say, I don't know. I don't believe any of these things. I think they're just a bunch of idiots. But I've heard people say, that, oh, I had these problems and the, the marijuana heals me. And it's like, you know, I was a broken person and I needed the weed. And I'm like... I don't know. Is that substance? I don't know. It's such a touchy thing because then there's the same thing, the medical purposes too, right? Like like uh, my mom has, has nerve pain and she's got a rare nerve condition. And so she does like CBD oil and stuff, right? But then I'm kind of like, maybe that's different. I don't know. I don't know. It's such a weird thing, but it's my a, take, it, this is it's my. It's 100% con- different. If you get um, good quality CBD oil that's manufactured the right way, from the right thing, it, it is a, it's absolutely good for certain medical conditions. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I got medical and scientific guy who, you know, explained it to me. And I believe him because he's a really cool dude. He, he's like us, but he's a scientist and a doctor. Uh, it's not quite a mill rate yet. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, 
uh, what you know from what the information I've gained from Steve and the other. I know a couple of people that use strictly use medical marijuana um, for one has a nerve condition uh, and one has PTSD, and the, they only use what the uh, actual MD tells them to use and how to use mm-hmm. it, just like you would um, antibiotics or pain medication, and mm-hmm. and they they become the people they were prior to the problem, hmm. you know, but they're the, it, it has to be used that way. You can't yeah. just go and, and the know, thing that, to the corner, buy a bag of, buy a dime bag of weed, go home and smoke it and think, oh yeah, this is for my joint pain or this is for my back pain or this yeah. is for PTSD or this is for that. No, you can't just do it that way. Sorry. It's like yeah. any other medicine. I know. And you know, I've got a theory on why the why they legalize it because uh, this is kind of stretching, but this is what I truly do think is that, you know, if people are just high, they're not going to be thinking about stuff. They're not going to be analytical. They're not going to scrutinize decisions. Uh, that's the same thing like with the pandemic. Like every bloody store shut down, but liquor stores are open, right? Because let's just help these people kind of numb themselves at night. They sedate themselves with alcohol. Let's get them legal marijuana so they can sedate themselves with marijuana so they don't ask questions. You know, if you're concerned about what's going on in the world, we'll just smoke a joint and it gets better. I've heard. You know, just well, the you know, same thing goes a, for heroin. Yeah, and then the other thing is, like, I understand the war on drugs, like fighting drugs, like, like it, it's such a crazy thing. But yeah, I would say, you know, <laughs> the war on we fought the war on drugs and drugs won in Canada. You know, when they legalized it, I'm like. Yeah, I guess if you can just get your people all stoned, get them all high and happy, you can do whatever the hell you want as a government, and they're not going to be thinking for themselves. They're just going to be going, hey, man, how are you doing? I don't know. I have very strong opinions. I think it's absolutely ridiculous, and I've got... I've I've never met somebody that smokes marijuana that I have respect for. And there's been some people that I, did, I thought, yeah, this guy's a good tradesman. He smokes some joints. He's like, oh, yeah, I had a joint in my hot tub last night. And the next day he comes in and he's just like a vegetable. I'm like, man, you suck. I literally have zero respect for you now. You were so much better before you did this stupid thing. And it's an unpopular opinion. I understand it. And from oh, what no. I've been told by people I, I work with, if, everybody if somebody, smokes joints. Everybody's if somebody says, I smoked one joint in a hot tub last night and then they're completely useless the next day. One of two things happened, and you cannot convince me otherwise. They're lying, and they did a crap ton of marijuana. Or there was something else in that one joint. Mm. Because that's not how THC works, you know? And there's not enough Mm. in one single joint. I don't care about the quality of the marijuana, unless the joint's about, looks like a Winston Churchill cigar, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Cheech and, and I'm ser- being serious. I know a, a lot about this from talking with Steve. Um, it's just not possible for, you know, an, an average grown man to smoke one joint and still have those effects tomorrow. It, it hmm. It's not the way THC works. Hmm. Um, it's a, it's a short acting, short ish acting, uh, drug. 
like heroin, but way different, you know. Hmm. Um, heroin's about the dumbest thing I think somebody could put in their body, but uh, they do it. Yeah. And I don't, yeah. I used to be vehemently against any kind of legalized drug until I was older and a little, I think, wiser. And I think because of freedom, it's something that we're going to have to tolerate, at least in part, because it's not up to the government to tell you what you can and can't do. Period. Up to okay. you know, as long as what you're doing isn't against um, the normal things that have to be illegal, you know, violent crime, uh, theft, mm-hmm. things like you know, normal stuff that's going to be illegal, right? That we govern through the government, but yeah. drugs, property, anything like that, do what you're going to do as long as it doesn't affect anybody else, but you have to accept personal responsibility for it. So if you OD, so what? It's not our problem. Yeah. You deal with exactly. it. We're not going to yeah. give you the dole or welfare or free health care because you're a moron. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and I believe that's the way it has to be. And if we have, yeah. you know, short term, we have a couple hundred thousand people, maybe half a million that for a period of 10 years have to die in horrible ways because they're morons. Well, you know what? They're the slow antelope at the back of the pack for the hyenas. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that's just the way I feel. Um, yeah, I, I feel the same way about if you have no other reason than you're a lazy person, right? A lazy yeah. clown donkey, and don't work for a living, don't want to work for a living, ain't ever going to work for a living. You die starving in a ditch, and we'll just cover you up when you're dead. Mm-hmm. Screw you. If you're yeah. born with a birth defect, if they have, um, you know, some sort of health problem that is not their fault, and their family is, you know, destitute but trying their best, and you know, charity can kick in. Maybe at that point, society has, you know, some moral responsibility, but. I think they do, but I think at the level of the community that they're in, I don't think that should be government. Oh, no, I got you. No, you're right. That's you what know? I meant. Like, I agree. Like, you know, that's what, like our job is to look after our, our families, ourselves, and our community, right? Like, if your neighbors are in need, I believe it is the neighbor's responsibility to band together and say, hey, listen, let's do what we can to help this guy out. Because first of all, the neighbors know what the need is. They know if they're deserving of the need, right? Like, I mean, I've, I've got cousins who are perpetually on welfare uh, and they take all their money and they buy alcohol and cigarettes and the government gives them money. Their kids are malnourished horrendously, but you know, and they even buy lottery tickets. And see, the, the thing is, is that if the neighbors of this person were responsible to help them out, they'd be like, well, you know what? Uh, we're going to bring food to your door, but we're not giving you money because you're not responsible. You don't need these cigarettes. You don't need this alcohol. And, uh, you know, you need to eat. Your kids need to eat. So that's what you're going to get. Whereas you can't, you, a government can't be at that level 
and they can't be efficient down to the little tiny details of the situation, you know? And so this whole government welfare program is so stupid because it's like, oh, yeah, just give everybody a blank check. Wow, great. Now, we, got, you know, it's like people like my cousins who are just all their money from the welfare that other taxpayers are paying are keeping her smoking cigarettes, keeping her drinking, and keeping her kids malnourished. It's a broken system. It doesn't work. These are big problems too, but but you know I, I agree. Like with the whole marijuana thing too, I'm of the same mindset. Like who is who is a government to tell me what to do? And if I if I don't agree with marijuana, then I should probably say, okay, well you shouldn't also have cigarettes because they're pretty terrible for you. They, they've got a huge burden on the healthcare system, and then alcohol, right? I mean that causes a lot of problems in society. Uh, I venture to say it does more harm than good. Uh, that's not to say, I mean, I, I enjoy drinking beer, but as a whole, I think more bad things come from it than good things. It's not like people drink beer and then, you know, marriages get better. <laughs> people become better friends. And then I guess that's the argument to, to marijuana too, is that nobody gets violent on weed that I've heard, that I understand, you know? Uh, uh, weed alone. It's a, it's rare. It, it's, it's one of those peanut allergy things. If you have this one cause of it is if you have an allergy to one of the chemicals in weed, one of the makeups of the plant itself, um, it can cause a violent reaction, but it's so rare. It's more rare than being born with multiple sclerosis. So, mm, Gotcha. And, yeah. It's a weird subject, isn't it? Uh, yes. Um, I had a rare ish when I also, by the way, I was 17. So you have to take that into account as well. One time I smoked marijuana, I had a Viagra like reaction to it, but I was also 17 (laughs) and you might get that reaction from the wind blowing. I don't know, but (laughs) (laughs) that's funny. Uh, Yeah. It's a, it's a big uh, problem. It's it's a complicated problem, but my personal a, standpoint is that I will push this to the edge. How's this for government involvement? They can't tell you what to do, but if it's a and <clears throat> you know, here's a controversial, super controversial thing coming from the a Christian religious background. If what you're doing or the product being sold butts up against or is a moral issue, drugs, alcohol, prostitution, uh, you name, you know, things like that, that we're not going to outlaw because we're not going to legislate morality, but we can tax it. We're not going to tax things you use in daily life like food, gas, building materials, but these moral things, oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to um, finance our homeland security through your heroin habit mm-hmm. for now. You know. mm-hmm. And that and that'll give a tax break to income tax because we're getting taxes off of the marijuana sales. Marijuana yeah. sales. Um, yeah. I don't know what marijuana is. That's a weird. Whew. You've been smoking something there, Todd? No. <laughs> Got your own brew? No. <laughs> Although I think I just invented something. 
There you go. Bring it to market. <laughs> <laughs> what what yeah. is this? It's marijuana. <laughs> In- <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, it's, but, a weird, it's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. You know, but speaking of crazed drug addicts and people stupid enough to be crazed drug addicts, um, we were talking before the show about uh, commenters, uh, social media commenters, <laughs> specifically, you know, Instagram and YouTube commenters. Yep. And I, I was thinking this morning when I was um, – I got up at 5 o'clock this morning – and watch some YouTube, had some coffee, and was thinking about this because you had an interesting interaction with a uh, Instagram troll, right? Or YouTube Instagram, Instagram troll, right? It is a typically this is a type of thing you have to put up with on YouTube? And Instagram has been fairly decent, but not, not it's getting dumb. It's, it's the same people, dumb. I think you know. Yeah, but um. I was thinking about it this morning, and people don't do this in real life, and it's the same people. Let's say you go to yeah. a, you take your car to a mechanic, and you're able to watch him fix your car. You're not going to stand there while he's fixing your car and go, "Oh, that's stupid! You don't do it that way." <laughs> you're not going to yeah. do it. You know, you get a hammer in yeah. the mouth. Um, yeah, you'll wrench to the teeth trick. <laughs> a, 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 here you go. One of my favorite things: a needle scaler. To the braces. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That'd be bad. My kids are all in the process of getting braces right now. So yeah, <laughs> I should see what they think that'd feel like. Oh but, yeah. You know, you won't, you, you simply do not see that. And if you do, then that situation itself turns into a viral video, but cause somebody's going to get yeah. their butt kicked, uh, or something, you know, um, Although I did see this week um, via, uh, it started off as a you know some a private person taking the video, they posted it online. Then Vice News reported on it, and now it's kind of viral. Uh, one of our favorite Karens, uh, one of our favorite humans, a Karen, uh, got in a cop's face this at some point in the past, recent past. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Got arrested in the old-fashioned really? way. <laughs> <laughs> they were being uh-huh. so they were being very careful because they knew they were getting filmed. Yeah, but she was getting so verbally abusive to these people. She was using words that I personally don't think that if you're going to be a social justice warrior, you should be using racial epitaphs towards someone. Isn't that what you're fighting yeah. against? But anyway, exactly. she was being incredibly abu- verbally abusive. Then she made she was they were trying to put her in the car, and she made the biggest mistake of her life, second only to actually getting in that cop's face to begin with and starting this ball rolling. She went to mule kick the cop in the leg and hit him in the groin. Oh, no. At which point he, he still had her, you know, back of the head and the arm to try to bend her over and put her in the car. And when yeah. she mule kicked him in the nuts, he bent over real fast. You know, you cringe. 
Oh, yeah. And just yeah, smacked her head right into the door jam. <laughs> and it's not his fault, you know? Yeah, no kidding. He didn't, he, you could tell on the video, that's not that what he intended to do because his hand was sliding, yeah. but, you know. But I get, I think he's going to pay for that. He's going to nope. get trouble for that. Nope, no charges. Huh. Because not only did the person give the, that was taking the video, was on her side up until that point. Oh, okay. And in the video, you can tell, in the original video, it's been cut because it's not what the media wants you to see. They they not only, they were, they said, uh, here you go, handing their phone to the cop. You'll be needing this. <laughs> mm. It was funny. so hilarious. But huh. anyway, back to the point. I'm sorry. I went off on that left-handed tangent but uh he's, that's what we do here you you make a video or you make a not you and specifically jeremy but you know any creator mm-hmm. you make a post yeah. or a video and it's something you do you wanted to do or happen to you and now you want to share it with your audience mm-hmm I don't know of many people, there are people out there, but I don't know of many genuine people that post things and and their intent is you do it just like me or it's wrong. You know, hey, this is what I did and this is how I did it. I'm just sharing something with my audience. And then you have people that say, "Eh, why do you do it with such a big shop or why do you do have such a big tool? I don't have that. Or you're doing yeah. it wrong. Bah, 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 yeah. bah, bah. Why? I know. It, you know, see, those comments come up on YouTube all the time. And it's not so much anymore because I kind of have taken care of a lot of them. But I probably block one person per day on YouTube at least. And at the height of it, when I had the most, like, whiny little clown donkeys, I was probably – I could have been blocking 20 to 50 people a day. Wow. And I guess just for those listening – uh, I put a picture up on Instagram, and I finally got the four-jaw chuck put onto my lathe so that I can put a block of wood in there. I can center it because with a four-jaw chuck, each each jaw is independent, so you could take a square object and center it. Uh, you could put things out of center, so you could drill eccentric holes if you wanted to. And I thought, you know what? That way I can drill the hole in the block for my hidden tank to go into, and it's going to be perpendicular to, no, parallel, perfectly parallel to the axis of the block. So right down the middle. And before I was doing it on my drill press, and just with the drill press I have, I don't have a really robust vise for my drill press. And I realized I could get one, but at the same time, I've got a lathe sitting here collecting dust. You know, you drill a hole and it's a little bit not dead straight in line with the block. And now all of a sudden I've got to mark lines on the block and true it up. Usually I've got a you know, I've got some lines that are at a slight diagonal, but they're in line with the blade. And I've got to true the block up to the blade. Whereas if I just have a hole that's perfectly aligned, perfectly bored down the very middle, I could just slide it in there and boom, like all that truing up is gone. Now I can just work on, okay, what do I want the shape of this handle to be? So anyways, I just put a picture on Instagram <clears throat> of a block with a dowel in it. And in the background is my chuck. And I just said, oh, I figured this out and it's going to save me time. And then this guy here, I've got in front of me, I I took a screenshot of it. Uh, And I'm convinced, so this guy's from Scotland, 
And at the time, so he left this comment at 1 a.m. my time, which I think is evening in Scotland. I might be wrong. But my theory is this guy was drunk. He, he'd had a few, a few drinks. And he said, um, <laughs> he starts to comment, um, dot, 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 dot. So I guess, yeah, I think he had his hand on his hips at the time. <laughs> He's going, um, good idea. But isn't it a bit overkill? Not everyone has huge workshops, and some people actually enjoy the build process. And then he put a question mark there. So good idea, but isn't it overkill? That's a question. But then he makes a statement. Not all of us have huge workshops, and some people actually enjoy the build process. Why is there a question mark there? Because he's an idiot, okay? Uh, so my response to him, this was exactly what I said. I was actually pretty nice, though. Uh, I said, no, it is an overkill. It's just a different method I wanted to learn because for me, that is part of the build process. And I enjoy it. If you don't, if you didn't have a car, should I have to walk everywhere too? No. I have a, a lathe, so I'm going to use it. <laughs> you know, and it's like, it, it is, it's true. Like, people would never say that to your face. You know, I've done two videos on my YouTube channel where I specifically <laughs> address haters. And the last one I really enjoyed because I kind of pretended like I was crying and it hurt my feelings. And, you know, it's funny. The guy left this stupid comment. He said, you're making knives all wrong. The way to make a knife is you take a hot piece of steel and you beat it into a knife shape. And obviously he's referencing forging. But this guy that left this comment, I'll probably never forget his name. Uh, but he was actually following me on Instagram. And then after I made that video mocking him, I blocked him on YouTube, he had the audacity to, to ask me very specific questions. Hey, where do I buy this? I want to get this tool and how much did you pay for it? And I looked at his profile. I'm like, this is you, you jackass. And so I like block him there. And then he was, I was listening to Knife Talk podcast like a year ago and he was giving them the fritz and they're getting frustrated with his questions. So this is just some guy who's a complete moron who goes around and he's like, beep, 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 and it's like, the questions that he asks me, he has no clue what to do. And yet he feels he can go on to, because he's seen Forged in Fire once, he can go onto my YouTube and tell me I'm making knives wrong. You know, and this guy might be an exception, because I bet that guy would come up to me in real life and say, no, no, you're doing it all wrong. I see them on TV, they do it like this. And I'd say, how you do it? Because I don't do it, but this is how they do it on TV. Ah, there you go. Just a simpleton, right? An actual idiot. But some of these people, they get, I don't know. In real life, they wouldn't do it because, man, they'd get a fist to the face. I'd be like, you kidding me? Get out of my face right now before I kick you in the nuts. But because they're, you know, they're little keyboard cowboys in their mommy's basement. I'm so tough. I'm going to tell this guy what's right. It's like, shut up. You know, shut. If anybody cared about what you said, you, I would be watching your YouTube videos. You would have a audience of people that are watching what you do. Right? And it's like. I always get these people telling me I'm doing it wrong. I said, thanks for the comment. It helps my analytics. And then they usually delete their comment. Right? It's like, thank you. Oh, it's so stupid. It's dumb. And yes. I think it's actually, it, it, it because so much of everything we do is online now. And we got this whole, this whole pandemic and everybody's virtual everything that it has become absolute reality. And I think it is actually changing the way that humans interact with each other. I truly do believe that. I believe that we're shifting away from, you know, that's just online behavior or what they call cyberbullying to that's how people actually think and treat each other in real life. It, I don't know. Well, cyberbullying no and <clears throat> cyberbullying is a one-way street just like racism. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if, you, if the other side is hating on white people, oh, that's not racism. Well, yeah, it is. Um, 
by yeah. definition. But then yeah. if you're a Karen, it's not cyberbullying. It's social justice mm-hmm. warring. No, yeah. no, it's the same thing, people. If you're yeah, being hateful like and trying to take someone's livelihood away, it's cyberbullying. Sorry. Yeah. Well, like Coca-Cola had that memo memo they issued to their employees yeah, telling to people be to less be less white. white. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, I honestly feel like putting a big old sticker in the back of my car that says, I'm a white male. Uh, say, being a white male isn't a crime. Right? Because in today's society, it absolutely is. If you're white, oh, okay, now you're privileged. Right? You've got white privilege. If you're a male, now you, you're, you're a toxic man. You're toxic masculinity. It's like, it, it's funny because, so in, in Canada, you know, we've opened up the floodgates and we'll let anybody come here. And I've got very strong opinions on that. I believe we should help other countries, but I don't think just like mass immigration is the way to do it. Um, I think if there's a real bad problem in a country, you fix the problem there. Because if you, all you do is take everybody from that country here, you're just going to relocate the problem. You've got a fundamental belief system, a way of acting. You've got an entire culture that is horrible to live under. And then we just transport it here with no adaptation to the Canadian way. And even if you say the Canadian way of life, that offends people. But the fact of the matter is the reason this country is desirable is because it was set up with a certain set of guidelines and rules and ideals that have created the environment that everybody wants to be in, just like America. Right? You know, they flee these countries that, that are oppressive and terrible. And it's like, okay, you better come here and you accept freedom and liberty and, and God and all men are created. Oh, no, I can't say that word. That offends me. I'm not, I'm not Christian. Well, I'm sorry. Whether you like it or not, the United States was founded on Christian ideals. Correct. And, 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 and freedom, right? I mean, that's and, whether, and whether it's offensive Todd to you or not. That's a fact. That and say, America, official language is English. Learn it or... You know, you're not going to get along here. Um, the official religion of America is Judeo-Christianity. Deal with it or leave. Mm-hmm. You can be and any, uh, any religion you want here, but the official religion is, you know, it'll always be first. Yeah. And, and even from a religious standpoint, I, I, like I don't think government and religion should be together, but values and ideals that are more associated with Christian, Judeo-Christianity than, say, Islam, right? Like, Islamic values and ideals are very different than Christian values and ideals. Uh, It's so funny because you see these people that are feminists and they're Muslim. I'm like, if you know how Islam treats women, it's like, wow, it's so stupid. Like, people walk around in these burqas and they're like, oh, women have a right in this and that. You realize that that is oppression. Like, that is the oppression of women. They are not allowed to let their hair show. They have to keep their face covered. You know, they have to completely cloak themselves. If it's a hot summer day and they feel like wearing shorts and a tank top and, you know, going for a bike ride, they can't. They've got to put this bed sheet all over them. And that's because their religion forces it on them. And people will look at that. And if you say, if you say uh, Islam is, is an oppressive religion, <gasps> oh, you're a hater. That's a hate crime. You know, you're a racist. People that are... You're a phobic. People in Western countries that are pro, either pro-Islam or um, uh, Islamic apologists or people that just want to tolerate Islam have never been to any country that's governed under Islam. 
mm-hmm. as a hundred, because I have been to a great number of countries, um, probably most of them that are governed under Islam, and not one of them would one. I would have visited voluntarily or two want to live in or three think it's actually a good place to live. Mm-hmm. There's nothing. In fact, I can't think of anything good about them except they're rich. Mm-hmm. And not all of them are rich, by the way. No. And, and you know what? Like, like, here's the thing. I do believe that people should have freedom of religion, right? Yes. But the problem is when you change an existing culture, an existing country to meet the demands of this religion. I've got two examples here that really cheese me off. And these, this is going to kind of blow people's mind and they're factual. So in Canada, if I want to own a firearm, I have to get a POW, possession and acquisition license. Now, it's a photo ID. It's a piece of photo identification so that when I go to buy ammunition or if I go to buy a new firearm, they can look at it. They can look at my face and be like, okay, good. You've met the credentials. You've had your background check. You've passed the test. You, in the eyes of the government, are safe and legal to own a firearm. Now, Muslim women that wear burqa that covers everything but their eyes. Legislation was passed by the Minister of Firearms that says they don't have to take that off for their photo identification. So in Canada, you can be a Muslim woman, write the test, get your background check, you're cleared, everything's good. When they take your picture, the only thing visible is a small opening where your eyes are. And I can take that, no, the, the Muslim woman could take that, or this is where the problem comes in. What if I'm her husband? and I put on a burqa and walk in there, there's no way to tell that that's a man or a woman, none whatsoever. And now I haven't passed the test. I haven't had background checks done, but I hold up this card and you see some eyes sticking through a burqa and you look at me and I've got eyes sticking through a burqa. Well, that's about as good as we're going to do for your identification. Like when I hear that, and I don't understand how the, the public in general could hear that and be like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, you may as well be a bank robber in a balaclava and walk in there and say, here, this looks just like this bank robber in a balaclava, but he's not a bank robber. He's actually a good citizen who's passed the test and being fingerprinted. Is that insane? And yes. that's an example of us saying, okay, I understand their religion is very adamant about the burqa and, you know, especially the very devout ones. What that means for you when you come to Canada is that you can't actually buy a firearm. I'm sorry. We have a system in place. One of the best ways to identify people is with a mugshot right of their face, looking straight at the camera with no expression. And we want to see that on the card. And when he's standing behind the counter and says, I need a box of shells, I want to see that same look. And I can put the two together as a normal citizen. I can be like, yeah, I'm, I'm safe to sell this to this person. Another example, and this just happened in Alberta last summer. And again, I believe people should have the freedom to do and, and think and believe what they say. And as you say, as long as it's not going to negatively impact others. Now in Alberta, I just bought a motorcycle, right? Really stoked about it. But when I ride my bike on the street, we have a helmet law. And so if I don't wear a helmet and I go into town, I'll get pulled over and I'll get a ticket. I'll get a fine. It's not probably a big deal. I mean, personally, I think it's a little dangerous. I prefer the the comfort and the safety in a helmet, but it's illegal for me to not wear a helmet. And last year they passed a law in Alberta that if you are a Sikh, and you wear a turban, you're exempt from that law. So now, because I'm a white, a non-Sikh, I have a different set of rules. The government looks at me 
in different lens. He must wear a helmet, whereas this guy has the option. Now all of a sudden, a Sikh has more freedom than somebody who's non-Sikh, right? It could be any other religion, it could be anything. And it's like, okay, wait a minute, here's the deal. This is how it should be handled. Let's look at this. Let, let's do some studies. There, there are plenty of states in the U.S. that don't have helmet laws. Let's see what, you can always pull numbers and say, what, what does a fatality look like? How big of a difference do these helmets make? Make a decision. Say, okay, you know what? One of two things is going to happen. We're going to abolish helmet laws. So any person on earth, any person in Canada can ride a motorcycle without a helmet. It's your choice. We strongly recommend it. It's safer, but that's how it is. Or unless you're willing to take off your turban, that simply means you're not legally allowed to ride a motorcycle in Canada. But now we've got this two-tiered system. And now being a non-Sikh, or I could say being white, I've got less rights than a Sikh does on a motorcycle. That to me is just like, what the hell? Like, what are these people thinking? You know? So in Canada, those two things, they just get my goat. Like, no helmet for a Sikh and no uh, a covered face for uh, a Muslim woman. Wow. You know, as, as a white man, I can't go in there and say, listen, I'm going to put a handkerchief on my face because of COVID because I really am. Like, by rights, I should be like, no, this is my COVID mask and this is my ball cap. This is the exact same amount of information that you get from a Muslim woman when she gets her thing. So this is how my ID is going to look. There's, end of story, this out is. No, 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 no. This isn't right. How do they prove oh. you're not Muslim? Well, that's exactly it. I could go, I could dress up like a woman, how come up with some fake ID, and then go, you know, pass the test to get my ID. You I identify know. as a Muslim woman. So, right? And you yeah. go in there. Exactly. With a there we go. Now we got this to work with. I'm just saying. Yeah. But isn't that so insane? It is. I mean, and it have you heard about either of those? Yeah. Um, there, we so, have some laws. It's wrong, but it's also like fully retarded. We have some laws in America about driver's license and the same thing. Um, uh, the, I think the most retarded thing is, well, you don't have to uh, prove who you are or where you live when you go to vote. That's <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. And it's 100% yeah. proved that voting anywhere in the Western world is just a sham. Yeah. <clears throat> and the people that bring us to this situation are the social justice warriors. And they're too stupid to realize that the reason these rules are in place are because they work, right? We need to prove who you are before you buy a firearm. But these social justice warriors are like, we're well, discriminating. She can't uncover her face. Well, that means she just can't buy a gun, right? Like if I say, I'm a vegan and I go into a steak place. I'm like, uh, I don't, I, I don't want a steak. I don't want, I want something else. Well, like, okay. If I make a personal statement, I say, I'm going to live this way. And if there's something that contradicts that, well, I have to accept the fact that, you know what? I've chosen this, so I can't have that. You know, you can't be a vegan and go get a big old T-bone steak. That's just going to make your mouth water. And it's going to taste better than any vegetable ever has. Right. You can't do that. Because you've decided you're a vegan. Stick to it. And it's the same thing. If you wear a burqa, and it's the same thing with when they go into banks, right? This was a big problem. It's not now because everybody goes into banks with their faces covered. But it was illegal for women to have full coverings on their face and go into a bank. And then they fight that. And all of a sudden, okay, now it's legal. So really, nobody's supposed to act weird. And this, again, pre-COVID. Nobody's supposed to act suspicious when somebody goes in. And <laughs> what, what would keep like bank robbers from going in? 
You know what I mean? Like dressed up like Muslim woman. It's just so, I, I don't know. These, the, what these social justice warriors don't realize is that what they are going to get, the product of their efforts, is going to be horrible. It's going to be bad. The reason we have these things in place is because they work. They maintain order. And if you have these, if lawmakers are going to continue to pander and bow down to these stupid SJWs, man, it's going to be a really crazy, confusing world we all live in. And they're going to hate it. They're going to turn to the people, the good, honest people before them, like, what do we do? Can you protect me? Nope. You took away the right for me to do this or do that. So you can go out and stand in the street and live with the world that you've created. Yeah, um, I mean, they take the barca off when they go to the doctor, um, when they go to the dentist. So it's not a for, forever, always rule. They're just picking and choosing um, because it suits them and their culture. I'll just say that to be able to have a way to buy uh, weapons anonymously. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Not saying all is Muslims are terrorists. I'm just saying some of them have been proven to go that way. Yeah, and you know some Christians have been overly violent too, right? Like I've got nothing against them. I believe they have a right to do that, but we we can't change the rules willy nilly, and we can't have a two tiered system, right? If they're allowed to cover their faces and get their IDs, then I am too. Oh, no, no, Because no, no. now I am discriminated because I'm a white man and I'm not a Muslim and I'm not a woman. I have less rights than a Muslim woman buying a gun. She has no. the option to, to protect herself from identity recognition. I don't. For the same reason I'm we a victim have, now. For the same reason we have all these rules during this pandemic. If for public safety, right, for public safety, it's all for public safety. No one should be able to cover their face to buy a weapon. Public safety. You know, think of the children. Ugh. But, you know, no one gets to buy a weapon with their face covered. Sorry. That's the most retarded thing ever. Mm-hmm. That's the Canadian government for you. And no it's one gets to vote without proving ever. you belong in that jurisdiction and you're who you say you are. Yeah. Sorry. No one gets yep. to commit a crime regardless of the crime and be rewarded for it. You know, illegal immigration, illegal immigration. Yeah. It's, it's illegal. You're not yeah. undocumented. You're here illegally. Yeah. The only undocumented so. by definition are people that were brought into the country illegally against their own will, like white slavery. Yeah. You know, those are undocumented. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you come in here voluntarily, you walk across the border, you swim across, you're illegal. Sorry, you have to go back to where you came from. And if you come here illegally, you can't ever try to do it legally. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No more of these. Yeah, no. It used to be a 10-year, but it's been proven not to work because, you know, as one Customs and Border Patrol official told me when I worked at ICE, they really do all look alike, and particularly from certain uh, Central American countries, 
and I'm not speaking, Todd ain't saying this, a CBP officer said this, and they can just say their name is Jose Morales. You um, say, you give Jose Morales a fine, which they don't pay, and you tell them you're banned for 10 years. They just turn around and come in as another name. Mm-hmm. You know, There's no way to prove they are who they are. I mean, really, there's a lot of the countries. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people don't even have birth certificates. Yeah. It's just yeah. impossible. And they started using biometrics, but but during the Obama administration, um, this will this should tell intelligent people there's is a real difference between a democratic liberal administration and a mostly conservative administration. During the eight years of the Obama administration, they used more and more biometrics to try to prove who people are and keep them out or let certain people in. That's the most important part of this, to let certain mm-hmm. people in. During the Trump administration, they scaled that back because um, and started using a different, well, the, they scaled back fingerprint readers and started using more optical scanners, you know, reading people's retina because it's more mm-hmm. accurate because fingerprints aren't as accurate as we think they are for some people. Hmm. Uh, just saying, but yeah. retinal scans, uh, DNA, it is, uh, very accurate. So yeah. do I know one of the, you have know, seen a lot of, the U.S. government secrets, and I've seen a couple of, you know, Canadian secrets, but um, doing what I did for the government, doing uh, reviews and FOIA requests and uh, declassification reviews, I've seen a lot of secrets for the U.S., and the most disturbing to me is how in bed with uh, Central American and Mexican criminals the Obama administration was. Hmm. Ooh, it just shivers up my spine. Yeah. There's Almost a, like the Fast and Furious was there not to catch people, but to funnel weapons to the cartel. Yeah. Do you Maybe. see, uh, do you ever see that, um, I think it's on Netflix, El Chapo? Oh, yeah. I've watched yeah. all of those things because it's fascinating to me. And I want to see yeah. how accurate they portray it. Yeah. I've seen a lot of those things. Um, yeah. You know, the real records. Yeah. El Chapo. Hey, brother. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a, yeah, no, we, we started watching it, and we'll get into a show, and then we'll, like, kind of leave it. Like, we'll watch it, like, for quite a bit and then leave it. So I don't think we've watched it for, like, a year, but we are kind of into it for a little while. But, yeah, and, and you see that stuff, and it's like, yeah, of course that stuff goes on, right? I mean, I don't know. It's weird. Well, one of the most amazing things to me, was during the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, oh, what's his face? The uh, the Colombian drug lord. Uh, Juan Valdez. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> no. They were, he had so much money, cash money, and they were burying it in places. They had it in Connex containers. Yeah. They estimate that $10 million a day 
in paper money was just rotting and being eaten by rodents. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Hey? That's how many billions he had that he couldn't do anything with. Wow. Because you know, it's physical money. It's not, you know, electrons in, in banks yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's just physical money you can't do anything with. Wow. You know, uh, I heard an interesting thing. There's actually a really fascinating video, but 40% of the world's currency that's out there right now was printed in the last 13 months. Is that insane? Yeah. That is, 40%. I would, I would have picked all the currency closer to 24 months, but I don't, I, I don't nope. work for the treasury, but, um, I was, I was watching this video about, you know, what's happening with this whole pandemic and a few ways that it could shake out. And, you know, it, like I've always told people, it's like, I don't think we're feeling the effects of what's happened yet. You can't just like basically upturn an entire economy, a system that's fragile to begin with. You can't just stop it. You can't just do what they did during this Wuhan sniffles and just be like, oh, stimulus checks back in business. But boom, but bing, you know, it's like. Okay, the fallout from this isn't going to be felt for like two to five years down the road. And I've always said that. And I actually, a very interesting video, I should actually link it in our show notes if we if we did show notes, but um, kind of talks about the different falls and like the Wuhan dynasty, you know, how it felt to Genghis Khan, uh, you know, looked at the fallout that Germany had uh, in the 20s, you know what I mean? And, and what happened there, just very, very fascinating and how potentially like there's a new... The, some people think they actually m might rewrite the economic rules. And if not, basically, we're literally on the verge of an absolute collapse um, globally. Like, it's, I don't know, it's it's very, very fascinating. The way he explains it, I'm not good at explaining things like he is, but it was a very interesting thing. But I just thought that was crazy. I had no idea. And, well, so this video is about a month old. And he said that 40% of all the currency in the world was printed in the last 13 months. And they said, it's great. You know, as long as each each country owns its own currency, it's basically just a monopoly on, on its country, on its citizens. And that can be sustainable for a certain period of time, right? My big fear is that, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know, I've got a, a theory. And I'm sure this is just China winning World War III. And nobody even knows are fighting it. Even our politicians, our political scientists are too stupid to realize what's going on. You know, you look at the pandemic. Who did it hurt? Western culture. Who profited from it? Who was making bank on the pandemic? China more than anybody else. It's weird that it came from China, right? Apparently. The, the Wuhan sniffles. The coronavirus. Um... There's so much propaganda in Canada, it's insane. Alberta just reported that there was no flu this year. They literally, we have abolished the common flu. That, that's basically what they said. They said, we got it. great news, you know, the pandemic's still going on, but we can report zero influenza cases this year. And people are sitting there like a bunch of morons staring at their TV screens going, oh, that's good. That's really good. Like, oh, no. They were never testing for it. Anything that resembled a flu got labeled as a COVID. And people are like, well, at least we got rid of the flu. <laughs> now let's just get our shots. Let's do our vaccinations. In Winnipeg, in the last two weeks, 10 people have died from the vaccine. That's more than COVID. 
itself. <laughs> it's like, wow. Well, we got to get rid of them somehow. Drink the Kool-Aid, people. Just chug a lug. Most popular flavor of Kool-Aid in the history of the planet and Western culture. COVID-19 flavored Kool-Aid. And, uh, you know, we're borrowing money from China. The U.S. is borrowing money from China. What happens when they just say, hey, it's time to pay up? Canada can never repay their debt to China. So what happens? From a military standpoint, from a world standpoint, what happens? China owns Canada. Sounds like a pretty damn successful World War III if you ask me. You don't even have to go invade people. <laughs> you get them to sign up for it. You get them to say, hey, yeah, we can borrow money from you. That's a great idea. Please, come on, let's go. Yeah, or um, it. I don't think it can happen again, but, but uh, 20, 30 years ago when China bought up a bunch of real estate they were they owned quite a bit of the uh, large golf courses that the PGA uses in the United States. Uh, they bought a lot of prime things in California, <clears throat> leveraged it right, and then called it all in at one time. And the United States government at the time noticed what China was trying to do and said. Nope. Uh, you no longer own United States property, China. And re redeeded it and sold it. Hmm. I, I don't think that could ever happen again, but it did happen once. Um, mm -hmm. And China's so powerful now. They're, they're military and you know what I mean? Well, they're, they have the, they make everything the world uses just about, unfortunately. Yep. I mean, they could just, just cut off. off. They should just shut it all off and um, and start a war at the same time, mm -hmm. and it it would just completely devastate the the globe. Um, yeah. Now, what do we do about it? I don't know. I'm not that smart, uh, but I think we should take start doing something now because it it's already too late. But we should start doing something. It is. You know. Yeah. I think you just need to realize what's happened. Be like, okay, wait a minute, China. We we got you figured out. And, and, and maybe that to be, would cause the... I, I, I'm trying to be real careful about what I say because I'm, I'm treading on, you know, things that are classified. But I'll mm -hmm. say this. The last I knew when I before I retired uh, from the government is this. Uh China and Russia, the Russian, this Russian consortium, uh, are economic and cyber, the largest economic and cyber terrorist the globe has, and they're working in concert. China has farms, you know, literal industrial farms of hackers and economic terrorists going on, you know, 24 hours mm -hmm. a day, seven days a week. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the scammers that uh, talk to you on the phone or try to talk to you on the phone and they sound Indian, they're basically what it, what would be, you know, contractors, you know, mm -hmm. uh, working for generally Russian folks. The Indians scam you over the phone and through the computer because they're good at it. 
that money, most of it goes to Russia and then funneled through to their communist overlords. Mm-hmm. I think that's about the closest I can get to before I break any, you know, laws. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And, and so funny because, you know, the average person in North America doesn't want to think about this stuff. And they just, they, it, you know, this is the most prosperous time the entire planet has ever seen. There are more, the largest percent of people with access to clean water and basic sanitary and very basic health care, that percentage of the human population has never been as high as it is right now. Things are good. In North America, this is the most prosperous we've ever been, right? Uh, kids expect to come out of college, get a job, and buy their first house. People expect that, you know, two years later from buying your new car, it's old. You need to go get a new one. Phenomenal. And the the more cushy life gets, the more comfortable it gets, the more you don't want to think about the reality that could be happening or is happening, right? Nobody wants to think about this. I was like, oh, no, no, no. You know, I, I've got a golf game today. I've just got to finish up at the office, send this email. I'm going to duck out of this meeting because I'm busy, and I just need to go play my golf and, and have a couple drinks with the guys. You know, it's like, okay, but sheeple, right? They, they close their eyes off. They see what everybody else is doing. They just follow the leader. They, they go for the easiest route. They don't stick their head up out of the entire flock and look around and say, wait a minute, what is actually happening here? Hmm. Why is everybody going this way? Why is everybody doing this? Is there something going on? Nobody can do that. So they're sheeple, right? And some people get offended by that term, but I think it's one of the, it's phenomenally accurate to describe most of Western culture. They do not want to think for themselves. They do not want to ask questions. And it's the black sheep. The, you know, the people like me who are like, wait a minute, I'm not just going to believe what I'm told. I'm going to, I'm going to use my own brain. I'm going to compare it to history to what I've learned, to what I think is correct and true, and and make my entirely own decision. You know, they say if you don't study history, you're doomed to repeat it. Uh, like that's that's why like like I'm so freaked out about this pandemic and and the government control that's and you don't realize like in uh, I'm thinking the states you have a sense of what it's like here. Like in Quebec, they just locked down again, and there's seven p.m. curfews. And now when you're outside, 100% of the time, you must have a mask on. You cannot walk down the street. You cannot be the only person in a soccer field without a mask. You'll get fined. What's, what's the purpose of that? Like, when you're alone in a soccer field, say a public soccer field, you're in the middle there. What's the harm? Who are you spreading this fake virus to? It. it, it there's a, a thing like the flu and it's called COVID-19. It's not this pandemic. Uh, like the pandemic is all made up. It, it's over too. Like, I mean, it's time to get back, but we're not going to here in Canada uh, because we've got the third and the fourth and the fifth wave coming through and we need to really buckle down. And Alberta says if numbers don't get significantly better in the next 10 days, we're going to like st- more stringent lockdowns. They shut down restaurants again. And I don't know why people don't just say, you know what? Screw you. Enough is enough. Cheaple. Because because they're all sheeple, and it's like if if you try this, go ahead. It's it very convenient that ten years ago they took out of the public school system in Alberta uh, history, and they stopped teaching about Nazi Germany. They just stopped teaching about that. 
said, no, 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 we're not going to cover this stuff. We're going to call it social studies now. And let's talk about some different things, right? Let's talk about the, the benefits of globalization and how it makes our life better. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, we can all become China. That's cool. There's globalization for you. I love the benefits of globalization. You know, it's nice to think that. about. It's nice to pretend watching Star Trek on, on these planetary governments. It doesn't really work. No. It never will work. No. And ever, because it's not supposed to. And we can, not you and I, but people in general can debate and argue this forever. But here's what I believe. We were split into seven different kinds of people a long time ago by, you know, God, and that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. You can interact, but we're not supposed to be one people until, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, okay, this God. Is, uh, we, were, we had no intentions to go this dark on this episode. Well, when you start we're talking this about the dark the, episode. When we start talking about the idiocy and the trolls, and it's just going to go there. <laughs> That's um, true. Okay, let's turn it around a bit. Well, I can lighten uh, up the subject by saying this. You know, last year during the COVID pandemic, they said we had a, at least here in America, that we had a change shortage, you know, nickels and quarters. Okay. Uh, the, fir- the, the first the time i heard that oh my god we're running out of change uh, we don't have as a, an economy we don't have enough quarters and nickels <laughs> the first thing mm-hmm. that popped into my head was well if the liberals would quit eating them <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's true we have a new uh, um go ahead no, no go ahead I was just going to say, we have a new coined phrase in the Fuss household called, uh, you know, nickel eater, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, so anyways, before we hit the old record button, we'd kind of discuss talking about trolls, but then, um, and maybe we could leave the negativity of, or, or we could get into it, some, some of the YouTube channels that you've unsubscribed for, but kind of maybe a little bit more focus on some new channels that you found. Oh, yeah. Um Watch West work was one of them that I found. Uh, okay. It's, it's amazing. Um, sort of amazing. Um, Watch West work. Yeah. It's, he's a mechanic and he does a little bit of everything. Yeah. Uh, he's in Northern Illinois. So he's a, obviously a corn fed American Midwest guy with those rosy yeah. red cheeks. Um, yeah. But he's not only a smart mechanic, but he's got more common sense than your average bear. I'll put it that way. No, okay. Because he'll, you know, get a an item into his shop that he's never even seen before, much less worked on it. And he's not afraid to tear into it logically, using common sense, mm-hmm. and fix it, you know. And, hmm. and if you can't fix it, you know, he's not afraid to kick it down the road instead of stringing the customer along. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, that's, I think, the, been the the most noteworthy of the ones I've picked up or discovered. 
Yeah. And he talked about uh, very briefly, very briefly, that he had a, you know, he started his channel and it's been a very friendly interaction with his uh, subscribers. And then he did a collaboration with another YouTuber that I think her whole shtick is to actually get trolls on her channel, haters. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, he did a brake job for for her vehicle. She lives in her vehicle and documents that oh, okay. on her YouTube channel. Well, some of her haters, because he helped her, you know, started hating on him. And he just commented mm. last night on his on a live stream that, you know, I had a really friendly channel as far as you know interaction with the subscribers go until I helped her, and now some of her haters stuck around and hating on me because I helped her. And now they hate me for helping yeah. her. He said, but you know, yeah. over time you weed those people out and it goes back to being friendly or the other subscribers weed them out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep. That's true. He said, that's the best thing in the world. When you get successful enough with your subscribers that they start defending you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, Shoot, you know what? I'm gonna. Uh, I've been looking at this uh, channel. Well, have I mentioned my motorbike on on our show yet? Briefly. Okay. So yeah, uh, bone pretty much a, a bone stock, 2017 Suzuki DR650, and uh, you know they're a mild mannered bike, but everybody says you know you do a little bit to them and you really wake them up. They liven up quite nicely. So. Uh, what I want to do is actually like on on YouTube, I want to do like a series of DIY modifications that you can do. And I know a lot of them will be out of reach for some people. Like I want to make my own aluminum skid plate and that's going to involve TIG welding. Um, but I've also, I've made my own exhaust for a motorcycle before. Um, I might look at that, but um, anyways, I got all these things. And so I was kind of searching around. There's this one, it's called... If you look up, like, if you just search DR650 modifications, it, and something like cross-training, I forget. Um, but it's a guy that does mostly voiceover works of the DR. They really like the DR. This guy's a very experienced rider. Um, you know, uh, he's ridden dozens and dozens of bikes from the different manufacturers that are pretty much the exact same thing, right? Like an off-road dual sport bike. He's pretty much ridden them all. Uh, but anyways, I've really enjoyed his channel. Uh, I don't know if it's... I, I think he'll dro drop the odd curse word here and there. Um, it's funny because he'll throw in these jokes how, how dumb Canadians are. But one of his favorite buddies who's a mechanic is a Canadian. They call him the crazy Canadian. So he'll put like these warnings, warnings, Canadians cannot figure this out or something like that. He put these little tiny things in that you catch on certain videos. But it's interesting. He, he talks a lot about the modifications and... Uh, Pretty cool. They're quick-paced videos, but I've been enjoying those lately on the YouTubes. And, uh, yeah, no, there's a... Uh, it's interesting. There's another channel. Have you... So you know who Casey Neistat is? I'm sorry, who? Have you heard what? of him? Kate, Casey Neistat? Yes. He's a famous, super crazy famous... You know him? I've heard of him. Super famous. Okay. Anyway, so his brother, actually, uh, this would be a bigger topic too, but uh, he kind of introduced his brother's YouTube channel, I'm going to say maybe a month ago, a couple weeks ago. 
His brother's name is Van Neistat, and he's had a channel for like less than a month. I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of subscribers he's got. 342,000 subscribers. And like I say, he's probably been on, uh, he's probably been uploading like the last couple of weeks. That's it. Um, but he does all these fixing things. And part of it I really find interesting because he, he'll, he likes keeping things going, right? He really likes to repair stuff. And, you know, if I've got an old thing and it breaks down, I'd rather fix it, which I really, really admire. Um, but then looking at some of his recent videos and, and they're very, I love the style of his videos. They're kind of a documentary. Uh, he has a lot of grainy film and, uh, very interesting, different than anything else on YouTube and, and very reminiscent of videos people would make in like the nineties. Right. Um, but then some of the stuff he does, like, like lately he, his last one is like, will this YouTube trick fix our truck in which he takes CA glue and I think it's baking soda baking yeah. powder and patches a, tr a, a thing in his truck. But interesting, I was just kind of thinking about this, and this guy's just blown up. Like literally in a month, he's gotten 300,000 subscribers. And I see the way he fixes things. I appreciate it, but he's also a hack, right? Like and it just kind of made me think, and I, I kind of had this moment in my own head, and I was like, I wonder if this is, if he's going to be like the new DIY hero and as a society, you know, like you got all these young people. I'm sure his demographic's quite young because it was introduced by his brother Casey, who young demographic. People without physical skills, without hand skills, and they see this guy fixing things and they're gonna be like, Oh, wow, this is amazing. And, you know, he fixes a, a scotch tape dispenser. And he takes a little piece of a hacksaw blade and some plumber's putty. And that that's his fix. Yes, it works. Great idea. But I think that's the extent of his skill. And in watching him fix things, I'm like, there is no craftsmanship. Right? Like, this isn't skilled work. This isn't a guy who's, you know, trying to become a craftsman in his skill. This is a hack. And yet he's like, <laughs> you know, 300,000 plus subscribers in a month. It's kind of interesting. It made me think about, you know, what, what the world idolizes now. I like his idea. I love the concept of, like, let's buy something, and if it breaks, why don't we try to fix it? That I absolutely love. But I'm like, dude, man, <laughs> like, who on earth gave you tools in the first place? Like, and, and then I also wonder, like, maybe there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, if it gets the job done, what, what's more important, form or function? I don't know. Just interesting. Might be uh, interesting. If you haven't seen it, you might find it interesting. I'm not sure. You might, might not. I, I just, you know, brought him up in YouTube, and I now I know who, I, I know the name Casey, and I'm like, let me go look at his face. And, you know, I'm a visual guy. Someone had pointed me to Casey a while back, and I looked at a video about the same time he moved back to New York or got a new workshop in New York or office or something, yeah. right? Yeah. And I watched a couple of those, and I just couldn't stomach it anymore for the same reasons um, that I don't like certain other YouTubers. I call it half-assery. I, I can't stand it. Yeah. Because someone's going to emulate you um, fixing their vehicle in a in a using a half measure, and they're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, someone's going to emulate you, uh, Andrew cutting their 
uh, truck dashboard with a chainsaw and they're going to get hurt. (laughs) Stop it. I know it gets views. I know it puts money in your pocket. But there's some social, there's got to be some social responsibility that goes along with it. Mm -hmm. And another question I have in general out there to the public, one, let me preface this with, I don't agree with the agency. I don't agree it should even exist, but it does exist. So now we have to deal with it. YouTube is a business for a lot of people, right? They're working. Mm-hmm. They're making videos. That's their job. So wherever they're videoing is their workplace. And they're doing some incredibly unsafe pl- things with their employees. They're putting their employees mm-hmm. in physical jeopardy. Where's OSHA? Yeah. Where's OSHA telling these people, oh, yeah, if you're going to stand on top of the forks of a front-end loader with to go do something up on your roof, but you're the guy's employee. No, you can't mm-hmm. be doing that. That's stupid. Yeah. If I do it at well, my house, I'm only putting me in jeopardy, right? It's not a business. Yeah. And even if they don't have employees, say it's a sole content creator, right? Uh, so if I make my full-time living on YouTube and say I start doing dumb stuff, is that not technically covered? Like, it doesn't matter. It you is. know, if I own a company, a machine shop, I still have to comply with OSHA, even though yeah. I'm the only one that works there. You yes. know, it would shut down a lot of super famous, you know, like, okay, Matt, Matt, Matt would be ranch, gone. off the red. Yeah. Uh, so would Whistling Diesel, uh, Wes, uh, you know, they'd yeah. all be gone. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's interesting. That's an interesting line because it's, it's a gray area and it's not enforced, right? And, and and the godfather of all, you know, Jimmy DeResta would be gone for more than one reason. Yeah, he's you know, not as if, bad. If certain agencies it, looked at Jimmy DeResta, he'd be gone for one or two reasons. Yeah, but I think they'd have a hard time. You know, he uses things unconventionally, but I generally don't think he's that dangerous. No, not like I don't some mean of these, his safety. Uh, sensational. No, I don't mean his safety. What? I just mean if certain agencies did some math. Uh. Yeah. On a certain issue, you know, maybe they'd be looking into him. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I've come Weird. to the conclusion that might be the only thing that's really keeping me from liking Jimmy DeRest. I could get over some of his half-assery mm-hmm. because I sort of understand the why behind it, right? Mm-hmm. If you're making a private person a piece of furniture, it needs to be functional and for what that client wants for years to come. If you're making a display for one con- one convention for one corporate client, it only has to last for that one convention. Okay, now yeah. I get it, right? Yeah. So I won't hate on him for that, but... The other thing, yeah, I'm going to hate on him for. Sorry. What What other thing? Do you want to say it or no? Yeah, screw it. None. Nobody's going to listen to me anyway. But um, <laughs> Jimmy's probably older than I am, and I'm 53. Mm-hmm. And this young lady that he's been dating for a while uh, yeah. is of a certain age in 2021. And if you look at that age. She's not and that the, young, is he? And the the number of years they've been together, 
it might turn some stomachs. I'm not saying, yeah. you know, it's as bad as, you know. Yeah, and I, they might I be even lying 30s. about her age. I don't know. Yeah. I, I know she's value. a lot younger. But when I look at her, I see somebody's like mid-30s maybe. I don't see like We a, might not a be talking about the same girl. Yeah, we are. Taylor. Oh, I maybe not. That's Just, his only girlfriend. Okay. Then I'm wrong. I apologize, Jimmy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you found some secret hiding in his... <laughs> no. no, no. There's a girl in a couple of his videos a while back that he okay. identified as a romantic relationship, and she is clearly not long out of high school. <laughs> mm, I've missed that. I haven't seen anything about that, but... Uh, maybe, oh, he whatever, was, I guess. maybe he was screwing around. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I care more about yeah, somebody, you know, um, putting their employees in physical danger or themselves. Yeah. yeah. And no one looking at it because, like you said, if you have a one-man job shop, machine shop, OSHA still applies. They will come and shut you down faster than you can even believe. But we have mm -hmm. YouTubers. That's their business, and they're doing unsafe things in violation of OSHA. Yeah. Why? Yeah. I guess the one thing, though, is that I guarantee every machine shop takes shortcuts, and they don't fully comply with OSHA. And if you're a one-man show, you can get away with it, right? You know, you, you, you go into the shop, you're working away, nobody's watching you. Whereas if you're on YouTube, you're putting it out there for everyone to see. Like, <laughs> like it's literally yeah. video evidence of what you're doing. So I don't know. I, you know, I, it kind of makes me wonder, like, I wonder who would get away with it more, the, the guys filming it for YouTube or those that are just a job shop, you know? But. Well, I think that... Uh it is more egregious on YouTube. Yeah. Because no one's watching that guy in the job shop. There's no witnesses exactly. to it. Exactly. He's not trying to be it. a role model for anybody. Yeah, this is true. If you have 10 true. million people looking at you, potentially, if you have 10 million subscribers, that's, and if, the average is 10% of your subscribers watch a video. That's a million people watching you act like an idiot with something that can kill you. Yeah, that's true. There's a, there's a certain responsibility that I think falls on the YouTuber. And, um, like I, I've had, I've thought about that before too. Like, like I'll do stuff. I'm sure like I'm going to be putting out this video in uh, probably like an hour. I'll have the thumbnail done. And, I'm on the lathe and I'm wearing a wedding ring and it's not one of those silicone wedding ring. It's made of titanium. And I know that's like a big no, no. And if I was in school, I'd have to take that off. Like I remember when I was doing my machining and in my apprenticeship and same thing at work, there's no way I would be able to work. Uh, even at San Joe, I wasn't working on machine equipment. I was building stuff, but they gave me the fritz all the time for wearing a wedding ring. And then I had to join the, uh, I had to, they asked if I would join the safety committee. And so I joined that and then I became the chair of the safety committee and I was there for like two years. And once I was on the safety committee, I thought, you know what? It's kind of like, I understand it. I've seen degloving's happen. I, I get it at the same time. 
you know, I'm, I've had this ring on. I've never taken it off since I've been married. And I kind of feel like, you know what, whatever. It's a risk that I'm willing to take, and it's stupid, really. So when I was on the safety committee, I thought, you know what, fine, I'm going to take it off. So I took it off. I actually ended up getting it tattooed. So I've got, like, my wedding band tattooed on my finger, and I was like, good. Um, but the same thing when I was doing this YouTube video is actually when I was editing it, I was like, you know what, I should have taken my wedding ring off because I know I'm going to get comments. I'm like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. And they're right. Now, you know it's, it's one of these things. Was that? Just a preemptory strike at the trolls just to mess with them right up front is put one of those pixelation redaction boxes over your ring. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. She can do that in in YouTube now. They actually have a fairly decent, uh, uh, yeah, blurring, like a blurring feature because I had to blur some license plates on, on a video I just uploaded like earlier this week. But yeah, you know, and the, the one thing is, if you make a video too perfect so people can just watch it and be like, oh, cool, that was nice. They're not going to oh, comment on it. I think you it. missed your uh, trailer uh, license plate. I could be Yeah, wrong. I don't care about that. Right. Yeah, I don't care about that. Because those are little... They're, the trailer is tied to the vehicle that's towing it. So it on its own. Like, I can lend that to anybody, and somebody's towing it, and they get a, a camera, like a speeding ticket. They can't give the ticket to me. Okay, I just it's let you tied know. to the tow vehicle. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. I saw that one, but like that doesn't bug. And ultimately, it doesn't really bug me, anyways. Um, yeah, I can't. We've got this new mailing system now, and so my new mail address is linked to my physical address. And I used to love the fact that I had a PO box, and based on that, nobody knew where I lived. And that all changed. So. Yeah, like like I think I have my I used to always have my mailing address on my YouTube description and that one's old. I'm getting a brand new one. And so I'm not giving people my address. I'm not putting that out. I might I might just go get a PO box at the post office cuz I don't know. I, I don't you know what? You get a video that has 100,000 views, there's 100,000 people that I don't know have seen that. And if if you know, people take exception of it and they happen to live here, they could come find me or if they're just like, "Oh, I want to go see this." I don't know. Uh, more and more lately, I get recognized out in public. Like, oh, I love your videos. I'm like, okay, this is weird. You know, at the ski hill, people are like, oh, dude, this is cool. I saw you at the ski hill. I, I wanted to say hi, but I didn't know you were with your family. And it's like, oh, man, you know. But, and at the same time, whatever. I know, I know there's a lot of people that are famous and everybody knows where they live. And I guess it just uh, some of the trolls I've dealt with very, very harshly. <laughs> I'd be angry, but. Oh, the joys, hey? Yeah, I'm. Uh, that's one of the things that have, I think, subconsciously prevented me from posting more than I do is I now live in the middle of nowhere. And it's not going to end well if somebody comes yeah. to my house that, you know, <laughs> it just won't end well. Yeah. Uh, having said that, I mean, I've had some pretty strong haters and I've gotten into it back and forth and I haven't seen anybody show up here yet. So, well, I'm not going to stand there and argue with somebody um, for 20 minutes. If you come to my house and you're angry, I'm disabled. I find you threatening. I f think my life is in jeopardy. I'm going to drop you where you stand. I'm not going to argue with you for 20 minutes. Sorry. I'm not going to yeah, get yeah. into a fist fight. I'm way past fist fighting in my life. I've done it. Um, I don't yeah. like it that much. <laughs> It's too much no. work. 
Yeah. No, unless it's an organized match and it's like we both are in a ring and we agree to it and we agree to a set of rules and terms. As far as I'm concerned, if I'm ever in a fight, there's always only going to be one winner. And I will do anything in my power to make that happen. It's oh. either me or thee. There's you no know, like fair gonna... fight in, unless there's no. it's there's a purse involved, right? Um, yeah, and it's sanctioned. Sorry, if it, if in it's in you know, if it's a a normal fight, a fist fight. Uh, uh, no, there's no rule. Sorry, there's one rule: win yeah. or not win. Sorry. Yeah, I'm gonna. Bad guys want to get into it with me, and I'm like, listen, dude, I don't want to fight you because I I won't, I'm not going to do anything that's fair. I'll do everything I have to win. And I said, I quite, like my dad always said, he said, don't ever get in a fight. But if you ever do, you hit first and you hit as hard as you can and you hit where it hurts the most. He said, honestly, if somebody wants to fight you and there's no way out and you have a chance, said you kick him in the nuts as hard as you can, just as hard as you can. People say that's, that's not a fair fight. Who cares? If you were adamant that we have to get into it, well, I'm going to make you pay because I don't want this, you know? Yeah. But. I, I, I got into a alleged fair fight when I was in high school. You know, kids, yeah. okay, we're going to, you know, know this and no biting, no kicking in the balls, you know. <laughs> yeah. I knew going into that I was going to lose the fight. I was a tiny little kid, and this was the bully. But I'm yeah. not going to back down. I knew I was going to get my butt kicked. But after that fight, I swore I would, one, Never get in another fight, or two, never lose another fight if I did. Mm-hmm. And talked to my uncle, one of my uncles that was a uh, Navy war hero and now a law enforcement officer. And he said, You did what? Fair what? There's no fair fight. And he beat me up again. But, um, <laughs> I mean, not bad, just he's making a point. No, there's no fair fight unless you're getting paid. Sorry. Um, you fight yeah. to save your rear end. Uh, and he taught me some or, stuff that served me well. And then as I grew up and took some various martial art training uh, and then common sense, like, you know, when Bruce Lee invented his martial art, he was using what worked from different things. So that's what I did. Uh, and mm-hmm. I've been in two fights as an adult. I didn't want to fight either time. I was attacked and won both of them. So, hmm. that's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, I was sober and they weren't both times. You know, I was a oh, designated yeah. driver. I was in a bar. One of them was up in Great Falls, and uh, I was just sitting there minding my own business, drinking uh, Pepsi at the end of the bar, and shooting every other game of pool, right? Because there's only one pool mm-hmm. table in this bar. Uh, yep. You know, and, it, and I don't like being around a bunch of drunks unless I have at least one or two drinks and can, mm-hmm. you know, because most drunks don't get sober humor. You know, they yeah. take offense. Mm-hmm. And this guy, <laughs> I hadn't said or looked at him all night. And... uh Great big old dude, too. Uh, he was also in the Air Force, but he was humongous, big bodybuilder. And uh, he just walked up to me out of the blue. He's like, what are you looking at? You know, not he had some other words in there that I won't use here. 
Like, yeah. dude, I'm just sitting here. I'm a designated driver. Oh, you're too big of a blank to drink with us. No, yeah. I'm a designated driver, right? You know, keeping mm-hmm. people safe. You should know that as another military member. And I didn't get that out of my mouth good, and I'm come flying off the bar stool because he's trying, you know, he hits me in the chest. And, hmm. you know, he just happened to hit me towards the pool table. And then he starts coming after me. Pick up a pool ball, hit him in the side of the head with it. Sorry. You're yeah. bigger than me yeah. by far. You're like four yeah. of me. I'm not going to let it. I'm not going to give you an opportunity to hit me again. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. And first, the next day, hit hard. Uh, he was like, dude, I'm sorry. That's not really who I am. Yeah. And I said exactly what you said at the beginning of the show. <laughs> no, you're a jerk. Yeah. You're just a bigger what jerk when you're drunk. Yeah. Dino will never want to talk to you again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's funny. People, I've seen a lot of stupid stuff, you know. Um, uh, I guess I'll kind of wrap it up with this. Like, you know, if people could see what they look like when they do that, and I guess firsthand, you know, I used to to be a photographer and I would photograph weddings. And I've got this collection. I still want to release it, but I think I'd get in trouble if, if people saw it. But it was a collection. You know, I had I shot with a 5D Mark II, and that was the first DSLR that could record HD video. And I had really good lenses, like all uh, Canon L-series glass, uh, you know, decent in low light. And so i do photo booths. You know, people would kind of put on costumes and props, and, blah, and they're getting half cut at this time. So it's fun, right? They're not totally gone, but... They're feeling pretty loose. <laughs> you know, you get these crazy pictures. It's like a backdrop. And anyways, and then a lot of times they wanted me to do pictures like the first dance and then blah, blah, blah. And I'd stay. And then when I was kind of ready to wrap up, if I didn't have a chance to, you know, go talk with the, the bride or the groom and say, hey, listen, is there anything you need from me? You know, it's like 1130. I'm going to head out of here. You know, I'll get work on these tomorrow. And sometimes I'd have to wait for half an hour because they're deep in conversation with their grandparents or whatever. And so I'm sitting there waiting and I notice all these drunk people dancing. I'm like, this is, this is hilarious, you know, falling down. And, and so I thought, you know what, <laughs> I'm the photographer. I've got this thing here. I can just make it look like I'm staring at the back of my screen, looking at pictures and take videos. <laughs> and so I've got this whole collection of drunk people dancing at weddings and it's gold. I'm telling you, like this one lady, I caught her three times in a row, just hit the ground onto her back. And then she kind of gets up and then she's trying to dance and then she's, she leans back too far and her, her legs are trying to catch up and she's like doing a little shuffle run backwards and then bam, she hits the ground again. And it's, you know, if I would take this to that person and say, look at you, you know, once they're sober minded, say, look at you, this is what alcohol does to you. You know, they'd be totally embarrassed, but they don't see that, right? It might make them think, are you kidding me? Oh my word. Okay, I just need to have a glass of wine to be done instead of, you know, it's, uh, I think, I think, and especially like during this whole pandemic, like everybody's talking about how, and it's true, like booze sales are through the roof right now, you know? Oh, yeah. And you, we, we, we keep the liquor stores open, but they close the gyms. Like, wow, that's logical. That makes sense. You know, the one thing people need if there's a virus going around is a good immune system. And, Every doctor on earth would tell you that the best thing you can do for your immune system is exercise. Get healthy. No, but you uh, drink. We're less. gonna keep the 
the fast food drive-throughs open and liquor stores. Yep. But you can't go in and buy a salad uh, at a health food place or go to the gym. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Nope, the sheeple are not thinking this through. I'm telling you. Nope. Nope, they're not. Anyways, I think the I think the the title of this episode should be the dark episode <laughs> of the wake up call. Maybe the wake up call because it's not dark. We're not getting sinister. We're just talking about reality here and saying, "Hey, people, come on, open up, stick your head up out of the out of the flock, look around for a minute, see what's actually happening." Anyways, Subtitled, I sure enjoyed her. We're being surly again. That's right, couple of surly old men. Hey. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's an episode. Something for another thing. I'm running out of room, man. I I got like motorbikes and bicycles. I need room for all this stuff. I'm at the point where it's like I can't buy another bicycle because I don't have room for it. So I've got some real problems I need to sort out in my life. You need to start on that shop. Yes, need to do that for sure. As soon as lumber prices come down. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. Right on. Well, oh. I sure uh, sure. Real, real quick. Um, yeah, I know we want to leave this, but I noticed in that video that you released recently, uh, your your across the street neighbor mm-hmm. that's some huge uh, solar panel you get to look at. Yeah, yeah, it's big. The government had a, a program where they subsidized. I think it was sixty percent of it if people wanted to put it in. And uh, it's funny, I was kind of excited for it. I mean, I, I like the idea of off-the-grid uh, and alternative energy. Um, I'm not stupid enough to call it green energy <laughs> because there's no such thing. Um, but, you know, he's talking to me about it, and uh, I said, oh, man, that's really cool. You're going to do that. He goes, yeah, hopefully, I hope it saves a couple bucks. Like when they're actually building it, this company came out, threw it up real quick. And I said, oh, Marcos, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're going to, you know, power your entire house. I don't know. Might not be enough. And I said, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm not an expert, but I've done a little bit of work with solar panels. I've used them to, like, power my tools and, and stuff like that. And uh, anyways, about six months later, he comes back and goes, oh, this is so good. I'm, I'm making 200 bucks a month, you know. So he's actually a cool system where he's not – there's no battery bank, right? So not off-grid, obviously, but uh, in about 20 years, it pays for the installation. And then – he uh he just every you know so he's on the grid and he's got these switches so that if if there's no sun whatever he can just draw his power like normal but if his panels are producing it can shut that off so it uses stuff but it also gives it back so if they're not home if they're not running anything it's a bright sunny day he's actually selling back to the grid and he's making like yeah. 200 bucks a month on it in the summertime yep and but, so really cool well, I mean, it's really I great put but, those up too you know it's an eyesore to his neighbors yeah, it doesn't bother me. I mean, just how you know he what? has it. Ugh. Yeah, but he had to because within his yard, because he's got trees all over and block. I don't know, whatever. And it's one of these things. It's his property. He can do what he wants, right? I mean, it's not, yeah, I mean, eyesore, but everything. My sea can's an eyesore to my neighbors, you know. Uh, goals to get rid of that, but. Oh, no, I Dreams it. and plans. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. I've got on my little ticker clock here that we're at 139. Yep. And uh, I think we had, like, good connections. I think this is literally just going to be a take the card 
and export it and upload like zero edits whatsoever. I agree. That's awesome. You know, that's that's a sign that we're getting better at this, Todd. It is. Okay. Um, all, all we need now is people to listen. That's right. That's coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> to a podcast player near you. Yeah. Right on. Well, thanks to everybody for listening. We genuinely appreciate it. Hopefully we gave you something to think about. And honestly, you know, we're not coming from a place of of animosity or hatred. We're not trying to fight with people, but I think I can speak for both of us. Uh, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but we just have genuine concern about issues that are taking place. And that's why we want to possibly present something that you may have not seen or thought about. You know, we're not trying to get into We're not social justice warriors on the other side. We're just saying, listen, people. Let's look at this for, for the betterment of all humanity so that we can make a better decision. Let's look at everything, not just what we're fed on the media, not just what we're fed from our governments. Let's look at this as a free and intelligent human being and see as much of the picture as we can. Absolutely. That's what we're trying to 100%. do. 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. And there's a lot um, of stuff we, we could be wrong on. We are given our opinion. You have a mm-hmm. podcast, you give your opinion. Uh, if you want to come on our podcast, contact us, and we'll be happy to debate with you in a civil manner. Uh, don't mm-hmm. come on screaming and hating because we're not going to do that yeah. to you. Um, no. We will give you time to talk. You give us time to talk. We have a, a polite discord. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's how we move forward. If you just, If you just listen to a bunch of people that parrot what you think, you'll never learn anything. Yeah. And sometimes when you hear the other side, the best thing to do is just listen. You know, I'll listen to podcasts and I don't agree with what they say, but I don't reach out on social media to get into it with them. I don't email them and say, no, no, you're wrong on this. I listen to them for me. And if they're wrong, I want to use their viewpoint to strengthen and bolster my viewpoint. And if I want to see why their viewpoint is wrong, I need to build up my own argument, but that's just for myself so that I can make the best decisions, so that I can have the best thoughts. I don't care to change them. I don't care to prove that I'm right or I think what I believe is better than what you believe. I'll listen to you. And if you're wrong, I'll be like, okay, so this is where this falls apart for me. Good. Lock that away. Cool. Move on. Or it could be something where it's like, you know what? I've heard this fallacy a bunch of times, but it's starting to make sense to me. You never know, right? But when you instantly see something that's different than what you think and you're like, this is an opportunity I have to engage and I have to argue, you defend your viewpoint so hard that even if you sort of realize that, yeah, maybe there's some truth to their side, you already put up this wall and you're already on the front. You can't back down. <laughs> you know, you can't. It's not in people just to retreat and say, like, actually, you know what? When I started this argument with you, I was coming at you, but I totally think you're right now. I apologize. I take everything back I've said. That doesn't happen. Right? It's so much easier just to have these things in your mind and be like, nope, they're wrong because of this and this and this. Maybe you'll be like, actually, you know what? They might not be that wrong. Or it might not happen that way, but either way, they're allowed to express what they think, and we're allowed to express what we think. And ultimately, if you're intelligent, you'll think about these things for yourself. We may be right, and we may be wrong. But... Absolutely. Either way. And I think right the, on. one of the reasons that... Uh, Jeremy and I get along so well is we are just enough alike and just enough opposed in the right measure to be really good friends. 
Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I mean, I've always liked to, to have friends I can get along with, that we agree on things with, and that we disagree on things with. One of my <clears throat> older, one of my old friends, uh, we became friends arguing over that Ford versus Chevy versus Dodge thing <laughs> back in the yeah. day. Uh, he was yeah. a diehard Dodge guy. Everything. Oh, that's stupid. Everything yeah, Ford sucked. Everything Chevy sucked. Yep. And the first thing I ever said to him ever was, and I hadn't been at, up at Mousham very long, and I saw him in the parking lot, and he, uh, while I was walking through the parking lot, and I'm like, oh hey, I see you at work. You know, I think we work in the same place. My name's Todd. He's like, oh yeah, my name's so and so. Uh, oh, what are you doing? Oh, working on my truck. And okay, cool. You know, uh, and then find out this is like 1992, and he's working on a 1992 Dodge. Yeah. And I see him working on it every weekend. Yeah. And he thinks that, and in this conversation, he's like, you know, Ford sucks, Chevy sucks, Dodge. Then why are you working on it every weekend? And I just kept walking. Exactly. And he was exactly. like, and then the next day. <clears throat> So I'm in a chow hall. He sat down. He's like, okay, maybe you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone knows Chevys are the best. I mean, come on. <laughs> you know, except for those that aren't. You know, I think <clears throat> what what it boils down to is Ford has some good years and good models. Chevy has some good years, good models. Dodge doesn't have any. I mean, um, has some <laughs> good years and good models. Yeah. You know, and then the, and then people literally crap all over the early 2000 Fords with the six liter diesel engine. Oh man, they suck. They blow up. Blah, 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 blah. I bought a one that was used by a county road crew. It's got 330,000 miles on it and had it looked at by the Ford dealership who will try to rape you out of every penny. And they said, yeah, there's nothing wrong with the motor. At all. 300 and some thousand miles on it. Said it's got factory fresh compression on it. So, and I know that is statistically the worst engine Ford ever made, but Mm -hmm. not all of them are bad, you know? Yeah. Personal experience, right? Some guys buy a Chevy and they can, you know, pay 500 bucks for it and they'll drive it for four or five years and no problems. And the same guy will go buy like a Ford, like, you know, used Ford for 10,000 bucks and he's always fixing it, you know, so. Exactly. Everybody has their own opinion. Everybody has all kinds of trucks, but in the end, everybody knows Toyota's the best. (laughs) If if you're in the city. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, the best vehicle I've ever owned is my Toyota truck, but it doesn't do everything I need it to do. It has its limitations and I know that and I don't push it beyond those limitations. But if you know, I need to go through that. sand, snow, or ice, I'm in that truck because, yeah. you know, it's that case. I would say I'm a fan of Toyota trucks. I've never owned one. Uh, but, you know, my dad's been a Chevy guy, die-hard Chevy. And he, somebody hit his vehicle. I mean, he usually buys a truck and drives it for five to ten years. Uh, but a lady ran a red, you know, sideswiped him. Nobody got hurt but rode off the truck. And uh, so he's looking at Chevys, and he's like, I don't <laughs> – he hates the tailgates because now they put these sissy steps in 
right? They fold down. They've got these. Uh, next thing you know, they're going to come with an escalator or one of those like handicap chairs where you can sit down and they'll lift you into the bed of your truck because apparently men can't handle stepping up onto a, onto a bumper now. Uh, but well, he ended up buying a Toyota. in there after a bunch of Texans said, we need a, a step on our uh, bumper because we lift everything unnecessarily. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they they know their bumpers in Texas. I love bumpers God. from Texas, but yeah. um, he bought what's a so there's a Tundra, is a big one, right? Yeah, the large Toyota truck. He bought yeah. the Tundra. What was that? Sixteen something, sixteen seventy four edition or something? Yeah, yeah, that's the one my wife was wanting. Oh, it's a nice truck, man. I got to drive it a few times. That that thing's got some power. That's a nice truck. It does. Nice it falls. I like, I like... It just falls one, just one tiny bit too low on the towing capacity, or that's the truck I would oh, okay. buy. Period. Huh. Yeah. Hands down. Uh, Beautiful interior. Comfortable. Yeah. Oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, it's something else. It's definitely and like uh, statistically, it has the least amount of uh, mechanical issues. Period. Hands the down. Japanese, they, they, yeah. No, I'm a huge fan of Japanese vehicles. Not all of them are like that, but, um, you know, if you if looking at Toyota, Forerunner, the Tacoma, and the Tundra, and some years of the Sequoia are just bulletproof for their truck, yeah. you know, and SUVs. The other ones, not so much. Yeah. You know, because heavy vehicles aren't meant to be built on a car chassis. I don't know why they chose to do that. You know, yeah. But they do. <laughs> it's true. It's cheaper. True. Right on. No, but seriously, well, if you just want a bulletproof vehicle, you know, buy a Honda Civic. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> They're awesome, too. You can't kill them. <laughs> no. <laughs> Like I need to chase. I need to adjust the uh, timing belt or put a new one in because I can. I can tell you can hear the timing is a little bit off, and uh, you know every certain number sixty, seventy, whatever thousand kilometers you're supposed to do it, and I'm about that much overdue. It's not a big job, but it's it's like a five four hour job if I've never done it before. But I need to get on that like one of these weeks. But yeah, no, I got three hundred twenty seven thousand kilometers on my car, and it just it's like. In the coldest of cold weather, it starts up. It doesn't make noises. It it runs. It goes straight down the road. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. They, they do a good job with those. I miss mine. Not flashy. Uh, when we first got to Florida uh, in 1996, I think in 97, I bought an old, you know, beater Honda Civic. The clutch uh, yeah. was going out. Uh and that thing would literally run with the clutch almost completely gone. It would still mm. run. You start in third yeah. gear, you're good to go. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but the uh, to I didn't have time then to replace the clutch, and that was the the Civic where you had to basically take the engine out to change the clutch. Yeah, yeah. And it was going to cost more than the car was worth, even at a mm -hmm. mom and pop shop. You know, I'm like, yeah. So I had a guy that was going to buy it from me, 
for more than I paid for it by a little bit. Yeah, yeah come get it. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Eh? It's yours. Yeah, but I regret sure. that decision. That would have been an awesome vehicle to keep. Yeah, and it's nice once you get to know a vehicle too, right? Like you can buy used cars. Uh, but to sell a car that you have a history with and you know it's is harder. Like my car, I could never sell it because uh, I know everything about it. And right now, I know it's dead reliable. I know it's dead safe. And I could sell it and I could buy a used car. Like my car is probably worth less than two grand right now. I could spend fifteen grand on a much newer Civic, but I don't know it. I don't know how reliable it is, and I, you know, and so there's a certain value that comes from owning it for a long time. I've had my car for ten years. I know everything about that car. And I'm like, there's not a chance. It's starting to rust now. I'm like, you're going to have to start to lose a lot of your body work before I decide to give you up because I don't care. I know the guts and the the drivetrain and everything. I'm happy with keeping this thing. So, Should, you know, clean it up really good, the undercarriage, and then uh, put that lanolin-based uh, rust preventative, corrosion prevention. Uh, yeah. It does work. It really does. It's the probably the best one out there. Huh. Yeah, that should have been done 15 years ago to this car. <laughs> but I know right I was, on. I was okay. Cool. Awesome. It's a it's hard to stop Great podcasting, to isn't you it? Folks. Um this will be the third time we've tried to end the podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Yeah. Unfortunately, neither of us are just making, you know, mega bucks doing this. <laughs> we still have work to do. We still got to get out there and get after it, so but you can tell we've almost like been the... recording for two hours. We enjoy this yeah. so much. Yeah, It's like the, the lunch break buzzer went off a long time ago, and we're still in our chairs, and the boss is coming <laughs> around the corner. My, my lawyer was just calling me, and I didn't stop to answer that. So, <laughs> yeah, Back to work. Back to work. Right on. Well, thanks a lot, Todd. I sure appreciate this, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, folks, and, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. Have a good one.